All right, let's finish free upgrade. Let's, when the Spirit speaks, here's the thing I want us to remind. I've been saying this the entire series. The Holy Spirit wants to enable us, to empower us, to become the person that both God and we want to be. The Holy Spirit wants to enable us, empower us to become the person that both God and we truly want to be. Let me read it to you. Galatians chapter 5. This has been our main text. So I say, walk by the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, which is patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control against such things. There is no law. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. We thank you that we could gather in this place today. Holy Spirit, speak to us. Speak to everything. We know that you want to speak to us. We know in the scriptures you're speaking all the time. We know that in our lives, I talk to people, that you're prompting people, nudging people all the time. Prompt us today. Speak to us. Whisper to us, God. Add direction to our lives and help us to become the people that we truly want to be and that you want us to be in Christ's name. Amen. I want to just do a real brief recap of these nine character traits that we really want. The first one, it says it right here, is love, right? This is what the Holy Spirit produces in our life, to be love. So what does it mean to love? Love means to have the courage to be selfless, to have the courage to be selfless. I want that. I want that to be a part of my life. Joy. Joy means to remain positive in negative circumstances. I want that. Do you feel yourself sometimes when you're in a tough circumstance, it's just going way down the negative hole? Do you feel that? And like, oh man, you get away from that situation. Like, oh, I wish I could have remained positive. Or somebody in your circle was just really downing somebody and you like jumped right in there and downed them too. And then later said, I shouldn't have done that. I want that. I want to remain positive in a negative situation. Peace. Free from anxiety. I want that in Washington, D.C. I want to experience what it's like to be free from anxiety. Patience. To not blow up in a stress-filled situation. Oh, my gosh. Everybody around me wants that for me. Okay? Kindness. I am so secure that I can serve other people. I'm not insecure. Like when somebody around me gets a compliment or things go well for them, I can rejoice with them for the good things that happen because I am so secure. The Holy Spirit helps me to be secure. It's said that Woody Allen said a quote uh, some time ago that the only thing necessary for him to be happy is that all of his friends do badly, okay? We can be so secure that we can rejoice in the people around us when things go Well, when a person gets a marriage proposal, right? When a person gets a promotion, we can rejoice with them because the Spirit can work in our lives that we are so secure that we are okay with that. That is kindness. Goodness. Integrity. The word goodness means you can be a person, a man or woman of your word. Faithfulness. Faithfulness actually combines courage and integrity. It means in the most difficult of situations, that you can still be a person of your word. Like when the stakes are super high, when they're really high, you can still be a person of your word. Gentleness. Gentleness is self-forgetfulness. It's not being self-absorbed. And the final character trait that I want and that you want is to be self-controlled. It means the ability to stick to your priorities. I want that. The book of Proverbs says a person who lacks self-control is like a city without walls. What does that mean to have a city without walls? Well, back in that day, it means that anything could flood into that city. There's no control over that city whatsoever. Anything happens. Look, I come home. 
uh, a lot of late nights, actually, a lot of late nights. And I'll be busy because I'm at functions where I won't eat. Maybe there's food, but, you know, I, 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 I won't eat. So I'll come home. And on my way home, I know that I'm hungry. And I'll say to myself on the drive home, I am not going to pig out when I get home because when I do, I go to bed feeling sick every single time. And then I walk into the kitchen. And what do I do? I just stuff my face and I go to bed feeling terrible. And I said, I wish I had the self-control to stick to my priorities. Anybody feel that way? Do you wish that you had self-control? Do you do things? You're like you plan a certain priority that you want to live a certain way or have a certain practice. And then you get in the middle of it and it breaks down. The Holy Spirit gives you power to be self-controlled. And actually self-control ties together all the other character traits that we want this is what the Spirit produces in our lives. Now, how, how does the Spirit influence us? Who's the most influential person in your life? This past week, Time Magazine, it's right behind me on the screen, this person, they came out with the most influential people in the world. Who is that on the screen? Okay, if you're a lawyer here today, you should be happy because a lawyer, a lawyer got to be the most influential person in America, according to Time magazine. So three cheers for lawyers. Okay. All right. So she's the most influential person in America on the cover of Time magazine. What does it take for Jesus Christ to be the most influential person in your life? You know, Jesus has been the most According to historians, whether they're a follower of Christ or not, they say that Jesus Christ is the most influential person in all of history. That's great on a global scale. Now let's talk about you and let's talk about me on a very personal scale. Is Jesus Christ influencing your life in a powerful way? Many of us say, you know what? You know, I go to church, but I'm not, I'm not like on a spiritual, any kind of high. I feel like my engine's just barely puttering along. You know what I'm saying? And I'm looking for it to be revved up. Or some people say, you know, I tried Jesus for a while and it just didn't work for me. You hear that a lot. Or I'm in a, I'm in a real uh, place of spiritual apathy. You, we can't live the life. Look, Jesus Christ, according to his own words in John 14 and in 16, he says that we can experience the influence of Christ in our life like we're supposed to without the work of the Holy Spirit. He's our guide, he's our counselor, and he is our coach, according to Jesus Christ. So if you're like, I think that Jesus should have a greater impact in my life, and he's not, you will never experience the impact of Jesus Christ. I will never experience the impact of Christ in my life without the work of the Spirit, and the Spirit needs to speak to us in order for that to happen. So in week number one, two weeks ago, we said it has to become a priority. The Spirit has to become a priority in our life. The Holy Spirit has a plan for you. Have, is the Holy Spirit a priority for you? Do you have a growing relationship with the Spirit? This is what Jesus is encouraging us to do so that he can have a greater influence in our life. Is it a priority? Last week we said it's a promise. It is a promise. He's given us a promise of the Spirit. And we said it's fruit, Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit. And that means three important things. It means it starts internal. So maybe two weeks ago you said, okay, Holy Spirit, come and clothe me with power, fill me, influence my life. And you're like, hey, man, nothing's happening. That's because it starts internally. And then it, it grows incrementally. 
but the results are inevitable if we will not give up, Galatians 6, 9. So stay after it. We've begun something here. Stay after that relationship that you need to have with the Spirit. Now, the Holy Spirit speaks. What happens when the Holy Spirit speaks to us? We find the, the whole Bible, Genesis chapter 1, first chapter of the entire Bible, it begins this way. Eight times in that chapter alone, it says God speaks. God speaks. God said, God said, God said. What happens when God speaks? Life. Some of us feel dead about life. Well, we're told there's life. Some of us feel something's impossible. We're told that the impossible becomes possible, that God creates something out of nothing. This is what happens when God speaks in our life. God wants to speak to us today. The Spirit is speaking all the time throughout the pages of Scripture. And as you look back through church history, you'll see that the Holy Spirit is speaking all the time. And so what does that tell us? That tells us that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to all of us, every single one of us in this room today. And there's a way the Spirit speaks. And we have this idea a lot of times, but we're going to find out a very practical way that the Spirit speaks in our lives. And when that happens, there's purpose and there's power and there's direction and there's life and things that look impossible become possible for us when the Spirit speaks. Let me give you some scripture verses about this. There's a ton of them. I just want to look at a couple. Awesome things that happen when God speaks. The psalmist says, if you remain silent, speaking of God, God, if you remain silent, I will be like those who go down to the pit. We feel like our life is completely in the pit when the Spirit is not speaking. We need the Spirit to speak to us. Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation, revelation where God is speaking to us, about his word and about life, where there's no redemptive revelation, the people perish. I feel like I'm dying when God's not speaking. It's not, you know, it's not just a coincidence that between the end of the Hebrew Bible, the book of Malachi, and the start of the New Testament with the biographies of Jesus Christ, they're called 400 silent years where not much was going on in people's lives as far as what God was doing. We feel like dying. Proverbs 8.34 says this, Blessed are those who listen to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my door. God wants to bless you. And when God speaks to you, when the Spirit speaks to you, you begin to live a blessed life when you're hearing from God. Here's the thing, all right? I have on my phone right here uh, a setting mode. You have the same thing I'm imagining if you have the iPhone. I don't know what any kind of other kind of phones you have, but I have an iPhone. And there's this thing called airplane mode. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody seen airplane mode? Here's the problem for me. Let me just talk about me. I've lived too many portions, large portions of my life on airplane mode with the Spirit. How about you? Any of you all live that way? You just, it's not a priority to you. You're not listening or you don't want to listen. Whatever. That's the way I've lived. And what the Spirit has been speaking to me consistently throughout my life is, hey, take it off airplane mode and hear what I have to say because the Spirit wants to speak to us all the time. Sometimes, everybody, I am trying so hard to make life work, but the Spirit is right there with me all the time, ready to show me how life works. Look what Isaiah 55 says. These are really important verses. Come, all you who are thirsty, Come to the waters and you who have, check this out, you have no money. You have no money, but come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money, without cost. How do I do that? I'm spending my money. I'm spending my energy so desperate to make life work and to feel alive and to have a purpose and to make things go. God says that's not the way to do it. He goes on. 
Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Then here comes the answer. Listen twice. Listen. Listen to me and get what is good and you will delight in the richest of fare. So often I find myself wasting my time, wasting my money, wasting my life, trying so hard. When does the Spirit speak? The Spirit speaks when we are ready to listen. The Spirit speaks when we're ready to listen. Uh, I just said a few moments ago that I'm out a lot of late nights. And sometimes I'm out a lot of late nights with my wife because we're at meetings or we have other functions going on. And we never like to be away from our kids for long periods of time. But we find ourselves in that situation every now and then. And when we do, because we love our kids so much, so we're so excited, we're so like fully ingrained in their lives, we want to know everything about them, right? Right? This is the way God feels about us. We want to communicate with our kids all the time. We're very interested in what's going on in our life. So we'll think, you know, we'll be driving in a car, we'll pick up the phone, right? And we'll call. We have all these thoughts about, like, Gracie, how did your day go, sweetheart? We miss you. We love you. You know, we know that you had a test today. How do you feel about that test? We know that you turned in a paper a few weeks ago. Did you get feedback on that paper? Did you talk to the teacher? Or you had an issue at school? How did lunch go together? We know that you told us, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, your friends were having like an issue and you were concerned about it. How did that go? I mean, is everything okay? Right? Soccer practice or the soccer game, did you win? How did you do personally? How did you feel about that? Did you get all your homework done tonight? What did you eat for dinner are you ready for bed we just want to talk 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 how you doing and so we pick up the phone right and we dial and she picks up hey gracie sweetheart i love you i miss you how'd your day to go fine click and Krista says, what did she say? She hung up on me. She said, fine, click. Are we living that way with the Holy Spirit? Because you know what? The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, like a parent, like a parent that loves us more than we can imagine, wants to talk to us. And we're like, hey, fine, click. Or I don't want to talk to you. Click. And it's over. It's over. The Spirit wants to speak to us because the Spirit loves us like a parent. Holy Spirit wants to talk to us. All right. Are you ready to listen to the Spirit. How does the Spirit speak? Let's get real practical. Promptings. I, in my life, I don't find that the Spirit says, Hey, John! Or there's a big flashing light or some dramatic thing, some huge thing. Hey, John, I want to give you $10 million. I don't find that. Or John, go do this incredible, glorious. I don't find that. Or God's speaking out loud to me. I don't find that. Whispers. Promptings. Hunches. I see that in Scripture a lot. And this is how the Spirit speaks. I want to look at three. They're not, on your, they're not on your outline. I just want to tell you the story three times in the book of Acts. Chapter 8, chapter 10, chapter 13. Three really important, very practical things that the Spirit does. In Acts chapter 8, this guy named Philip, he was a follower of Jesus. Real early church. And he was out, actually, uh, out in the wilderness, and he, he, was, he was walking down the road. And he says in Acts chapter 8, we find recorded, he felt the Spirit prompted him. Nothing huge here. Just says, hey, see that chariot over there? Just go get near it. Just, that's what the Spirit does. Very practical. Just, just, just go get near it. So he goes and he gets near it. And there, there was a treasurer from Ethiopia that was in the chariot. And he heard him reading the book of Isaiah. And so when he heard him reading that and he felt the Spirit just nudging him, hey, get near that chair, he says, oh, hey, 
do you know what that's about? And the guy's like, I have no idea. What's this all about? And he was reading from Isaiah all about Jesus. I can explain to you. And the guy says, hey, come on up in the chariot. Tell me all about it. And so he does. Very ordinary thing. What do you admit? Get near the chariot. Just get near the chariot. That's all he said. Very. But when you listen to the Spirit, the ordinary becomes the extraordinary. You know how many Ethiopians are Christians today? This world is filled this city is filled with followers of Christ who are from Ethiopia. When we were in Jerusalem last year, there's a huge Ethiopian church, followers of Jesus Christ. You know where it all started? It all started on that desert road because of very ordinary things. So what very ordinary thing does the Holy Spirit want to speak to you? You're looking for some grand and glorious, the Holy Spirit wants to speak something very practical, very ordinary. Go ahead and move next to that chariot. Look, I've talked, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but we've talked about this before. When this church began, Grace Community Church, it wasn't like, whoa, it wasn't exciting. It was, just, it was a tough time. I personally was going through a very tough time. Wasn't planning on starting this church. Didn't want to start this church. Not interested in becoming a pastor or, being, or continuing being a pastor. Wasn't interested at all. Very practical, very just a little gentle whisper. Try it again. That's it. Try it again. I was unsure if it was going to work. I had no idea. I felt awkward. I was frustrated. Just try it again. And here we are today because there's just a little practical nudging to try it again. We need to listen to the Spirit, Acts chapter 8. It happens in a very practical way. Okay, Acts chapter 10. The Holy Spirit speaks to Peter. And he, God's beginning to show him, hey, I want you to do something new. I want you to talk about me. I want you to talk about Jesus Christ to the Gentiles. And Peter's like, well, that's never been done before. I mean, that's never... Jesus, that's not, no, we can't do that. I want you to go to a Gentile's house. Well, you know, no, I've never done that before. And the Holy Spirit speaks something very practical. You know what, go. You know what, the Holy Spirit always, the Holy Spirit is a pioneer. Holy Spirit always wants to move us out and do something new. For some of us here this morning, the Spirit wants to speak to you and say there's a new direction for your life. The Holy Spirit is always doing something new always wanting to move us out and do something exciting in our lives. We tend to want to pull back. Oh, I'm comfortable right here. And that's what Peter said. And, and, and the Spirit said, no, 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 you're going. We have something new for you. The word church in the Greek means to be called out. The Holy Spirit is always pioneering a new direction. I spoke about Look at Grace a few moments ago. For those of you who've been around for a while, you know that throughout my sabbatical this past summer, over and over again, gentle whisper, try something new, try something new, new service, do a new service. I had the idea of safe. Let's do a safe new service. The Holy Spirit had a faith new service. Look, I'm a raging introvert, a raging, this is, okay, only reason I can do this is because every week I get comfortable up here, I can do this. I want you to go down to a club in the middle of happy hour and stand up and start talking to people about Jesus Christ. You know, hey man, are you serious? No way, baby. I'm not, I'm not doing that. I had safe. Let's go Sunday night at the church office. Safe, right? It's all safe right there. It's cool. But the Holy Spirit always has faith in mind. Holy Spirit is always a pioneer. When this church began, some of you know this, we met at the Liberty Tavern. Everybody know where Liberty Tavern is in Clarendon, right? Right in the middle of Clarendon? Okay, that used to be a Mason's Lodge. And the Masons offered us their fellowship hall for free. And we loved free because we had no money, right? So we go there. I roll up one Sunday, and I'm coming down Wilson Boulevard, and there's all these orange extension cords running across Wilson Boulevard because the people who were working with me to start this new church said, 
we're going to the park today. It's a beautiful day. We're going to go in the middle of the park. I'm a raging introvert. And the Holy Spirit is speaking and pioneering, always moving us out. And can you, you know we caught some attention that day, speaking and having a church service in the middle of Wilson and Clarendon Boulevard. But that's what the Spirit's doing. Some of you, the Holy Spirit wants to take you in a new direction. Are you ready to listen? The Holy Spirit is always saying faith, new direction, pioneer, move you out. And this is what we see in Acts chapter 10. All right. Acts 13. Purpose. Purpose. Such a popular question. God, do you have a purpose for my life? God, do you want to do something in my life? God, I don't know what I'm doing. What's my purpose? Where should I work? What should I do? What should I be doing in life? This question is always huge. Inside a church, outside a church, there's so much talk about what's my purpose. Am I going to be fulfilled? Well, Acts chapter 13. We're told that the Spirit speaks and says to Paul and Barnabas, I have a job for you. I have a purpose for you. Look, there is, it's not a coincidence, everybody, that in Romans chapter 8, it is the most intense teaching on the Holy Spirit and all of the Bible. And there in that chapter, we find one of the most famous verses, Romans 8, 28, in all the Bible which says that God has a purpose for our life. Whether there's good stuff going on or bad stuff going on, that God takes all the good and all the bad and he works his purpose. There's no coincidence. When we are listening to the Spirit, the Spirit gives us purpose. Some of you are here this morning like, what am I going to do in life? I don't know if I have a purpose. I feel like I'm just floating through life. You know what? There's an answer for you. There's an answer because when the Spirit starts speaking to us and we're ready to listen and willing to listen, we find our purpose. This is what Scripture is saying. And some of us really need to hear that this morning. Desperately, God has a purpose for you. He has a special plan in place for you. I don't know what it is, but the Holy Spirit does. Will you listen to the Spirit? We don't have to go through life not knowing, not putting it in drive. We're sitting in neutral too much. We want to drive forward, and the Holy Spirit wants to help us to do just that. You know, I made just a brief list. There's a brief list of different times over my life. There's been a lot of times, like I said, I've been on, on airplane mode. But there's been different times of my life, and it's been great stuff looking back. Look, I'm going to give you a bunch of stuff where the Spirit is just kind of prompting me. I want you to know this. Every single time, I wasn't totally sure. It wasn't like God screamed or wrote it in the clouds. I was like, just like Philip did. I'm sure when God said to Philip, go, stand, go get next to that chariot, he's like, uh, okay, you know? Look, we're not sure. That's what makes it exciting. That's why we call it faith. We're like, I think I am, and we just kind of keep stepping out. Some of us are just waiting for this certainty. The Bible's never calling us to complete certainty. You know that. We're called to just begin to move forward and hear what the Spirit is saying. It's a nudge. It's a whisper. It's a hunch. It's a thought. It's an impression. And we begin to move forward. I wrote some of these things down. So throughout my life, actually in the last 10 years, I have had at different times three different people that have come to me for either counseling and or prayer just to talk about stuff. None of them wanted to talk about getting married None of them. And in each one of these situations, like a flood, very strongly, I felt like, okay, I'm glad that you brought that to me today. Let's talk about that. But what I really want to do, I want to pray about you because God has somebody he wants you to marry. Now, in two of those cases, they were aggressively against me doing that, okay? This was not welcome. It's like, oh, great, bro, awesome, pray for me. And they're like, no, don't want you to do that. But I felt it so strongly, and I felt so stupid, 
I'm telling you right now, I felt incredibly stupid and awkward. I'm like, oh God, are you sure about this? But the impression was so strong. I prayed with them against their will, against their faith, right? Against their faith, against their desire. But I still did it. Today, all three are happily married. Amen. Boom. It's, I, I can't explain that. A church for people who don't go to church. I prayed for 18 months at the beginning of Grace Community Church. God, what do you, what's your purpose for this church? Please share it with me. And at 35,000 feet, the Spirit finally spoke. A church for people to go to church. I'm like, oh, yes, that's it. What in the world does that mean? What does it mean? I came back and began to talk to people about that. I said, what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know what it means. You know who really knows what it means? There's two groups of people who immediately know what that means. People who don't go to church. Because people who don't go to church, and that's many of you, they begin just to come in. The moment we started putting on printed material on our website, people, don't, people would show up and say, I'm here because I don't go to church. <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking we're getting ready to do something really stupid when we put that out there. There's a second group of people who know what it means. Followers of Jesus Christ who are being led by the Spirit know what it means. Because sometimes followers of Christ aren't interested in people who don't go to church. You follow me? You know what I'm saying? But there's a group of followers who are so full and so led by the Spirit that they are excited. They want to reach out and talk and have conversations with people who are not followers of Christ. Okay? Those two groups of people totally know what that means. Uh, I remember we were about 18 uh, months into it or so, roughly sometime in there, and I got a Connect card from someone. We did Connect cards back then. I got a Connect card. It was a guy named Derek 80. I didn't know who he was. Number I, ca- I remember I called him. It was one evening one night. I called him up and just started talking to him. And I felt the Spirit say, you want to you wanna pursue this relationship. Within a year, Derek 80 became a pastor on staff at Grace Community Church. Right? That changed everything. That was just a prompting. Like, get near the chariot. Okay, stay near, stay near Derek because I want to do something with this situation. I have sent many emails and texts and had conversations with people just saying, hey, look, I just want you to know, just out of the blue, I'll say to somebody, I just want you to know God has a plan for your life. I don't know what that means, but I feel prompted to tell you that. I feel prompted just to send you a text and say, I'm praying for you right now. I feel prompted to say, hey, you're in a little bit of a tough situation. You're in danger. And you might say, hey, John, listen, this is what you need to know about me. Okay, everybody. You might say, hey, John, you're, that's, that's kind of the business that you're in. You're just a positive people person, and you just want love on people, and you want to lift people up. I want you to know this about me. I'm an impatient introvert with a strong bent toward negative, negativity. All right? You're right. I'm an impatient <laughs> introvert with a strong bent toward now I, I you know you, oh john you're a thoughtful caring person i'm not you don't know me you know i'm not a thoughtful caring person at like at all but the spirit's been working in my life over the years conforming me many many years ago in my life uh, i knew this pastor i was talking to him he had pre- it was a sunday afternoon he had just preached and i saw that he was talking to his wife and he came over and he didn't look so encouraged and i said what's going on I said, we were just talking about the sermon and he said i said well, what happened he said well i asked her what you think about the sermon and she said to me i wish you would have just shut up now, a thoughtful, caring person would have said, hey, man, come on, it's not that bad. But you know what? Me, right? I said, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Okay. It, the Holy Spirit changes the way changes the way we look at others and we look at ourselves. See, I was talking to another pastor, and he said, you know, when I preach, I assume that everybody's hanging on my every word. You know what I assume when I'm preaching? I assume that nobody's listening to me. The Holy Spirit changes the way that I look at other people and that I look at myself. Some of you might be saying, that's right, we're not paying attention, so could you get it over with here real quick? We're almost done. 
The Spirit changes the way we look at others and ourselves. I, uh, uh, for, for, for many months, I had a friend of mine whose father passed away. And I kept feeling I needed to tell him something about his dad because I had many conversations with his father. And it kind of grew and grew. And finally, one day, I had a very, very busy day, and it came on like a flood. Now, send him an email. I thought, this is stupid. He could care less about me. He could care less about whatever. I don't even know his dad that well. What are you? This is ridiculous. But I did it feeling completely awkward and stupid. And like he'll say, oh, man, just leave me alone. I sent it within three minutes, three minutes. He emailed me back and says, I am sitting at my father's grave right now. And that means so much to me. The Spirit prompts us. Let me kind of give you one last one. This happened a number of years ago in my life. I, uh, I felt prompted for some reason to go down. I'll use, uh, I'll use this book as a, as a prop. I felt to go down to 15th and K Street. There's a park down there. I felt like God said, I want you to go down there and just take your, take your Bible. I didn't want the Spirit to say, go down there and start preaching on the street corner, right? Because I'm a raging introvert. And just, you know, so just go down there and take your Bible and, and don't, don't flash it around. Just, just walk. And I did. I kind of covered it up and just walked and went into the park and read the Bible. I'm telling you what. What did the Spirit do with that? I don't know. It was like I was holding a lightsaber in my hand. Everybody came up and said, what are you reading the Bible? Are you going to preach on the corner? Hey, what is that? What does that Bible say? Can you tell me? about?" Everybody was asking me questions. And I was just like this. Just like this. Okay, the Spirit speaks. All right, now, let me tell you why I have this book. It says here, this is Mariana Rivera. Everybody know Mariana Rivera? Baseball fans? Okay. All right, uh, one of the famous, most famous closers of all time. He writes in his book on pages 106 and 107 about something that happened in Yankee Stadium on July 1999. He had gotten off track. He started thinking that he was there by his own skill and power, and that he brought himself there. And he says this, he's standing on the pitcher's mound, and he has a prayer before he pitches the close of every game. And he says this, he's standing, he says, suddenly an overwhelming, overpowering presence of the Holy Spirit. And it said, the Holy Spirit said to him, I am the one who brought you here. And when he heard that, he knew that he had veered off course to a place that was unsafe. Now, let me conclude by saying this. You want the Spirit to speak to you? The Spirit wants to speak to you. Here's the key. Ready? What has the Spirit already said to you? All right, I'm going to ask the music team to come up. I'm going to close a real quick story, and we're, we're, we're done. But this is, this is really important. So what has the Spirit already said to you? This is super important. Many of us are like, oh, yeah, John, you keep talking about the Spirit speaking. I haven't heard the Spirit speak. I don't know if I've ever heard the Spirit speak. Listen, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen. This is super important. What has the Spirit already spoken to you about? More than likely, every single person in this place, the Spirit has already said something, and you're wanting the Spirit to speak more, Okay. You've got to go back and think about what has the Spirit already spoken to you about, and you have to act upon that, because if you're not, you're going against something very key in the Bible, 1 Thessalonians 5.19, Ephesians 4.30, quenching the Spirit, grieving the Spirit. When the Spirit speaks, you have to act upon what the Spirit has spoken, and it opens a floodgate of purpose and creativity in our lives when we listen to what the Spirit says. So let me tell you a story about me. For 13 years of this church, I ignored the Spirit for 13 years. I, from, from the day this church began, the Holy Spirit kept saying the same thing to me over and again. Look, look, John, look. I want you to focus on spending time with me, studying the Word, praying, and listening, like getting quiet. There's this famous verse that says, be still and know that I am God. I just felt it over and over again. But I, you need to know something about me. I, I feel like if I'm like sitting at a desk or being quiet or whatever, that I'm like I'm lazy. 
Okay. I, I worked for many years of my life early on at UPS. You understand? Some of you understand that. Work is work. Like sitting at a desk, I'm a lazy bum. Like getting quiet before God. That's what I, 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 I got to go out and make it happen. This is a huge battle. Some of you are like, oh, I'd love to do that. Not me. God kept saying, I, I got with my guys group and I would just, oh, they got tired of hearing me say, you know, I just feel like I'm so busy and I got to slow things down. You know why? And they're like, hey, man, what, why don't you just shut up and just do it? Huge battle in me. And I just ignored it for 13 years. Took a sabbatical this past summer. What's the purpose of the sabbatical? Get quiet, get away from the phone, the cell phone, on and on and on, and just listen to the spirit. Okay, did I do that? Answer, no. No. Whole thing. Last week of sabbatical. Last week, last possible moment, I finally went away for three days all by myself. Wasn't on that phone, wasn't doing a bunch of meetings. I was there for one purpose, just to listen to the spirit, just to study and just to pray. Listen, everybody, listen. I finally acknowledged what the Spirit had already said to me. You know what's happened to me since that time? When I had struggled so hard to hear purpose and direction for my life and for this ministry, it was so difficult. I couldn't hear it. And all of a sudden, it just flooded open. All of a sudden, where I saw impossibility, there was possibility. All of a sudden, where I had no creativity, there was creativity. All of a sudden, where I had no power, no purpose, there was clarity and there was focus. I'm asking you right now, are you willing to hear what the Spirit has already spoken to you? Because God wants to open up something new in our lives. The Spirit is always speaking. And the Spirit has something to speak to you this morning. Our prayer team is going to be over here in just a second. We're going to sing this song about the Holy Spirit filling this place. As you do in your seats, ask the Spirit to speak to you. As you do, look, the Spirit maybe say something to you like this. You need to say you're sorry. Very practical. You need to say you're sorry to somebody. You need to say you're sorry to her. Not that that's ever happened to me. You need to say, right, please forgive me. I was wrong. Holy Spirit speaks in very practical ways. Some of us need to make us a call or an email. Some of us need to change it. Some of us, the Spirit's prompting us to sign up to, for a group today. Or go over to the wall and be prayed for. But the Spirit is speaking. Are we willing to listen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you, God, that you are speaking all the time. Lord, I pray that each one of us would have open hearts. We want you to speak about something. But God, you're saying to us, look at what I've already said. If you'll deal with what I've already said, there's a whole new world out there for you. Help us, God, to respond to what you have already said in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Grace Community Church, a church for people who don't go to church, meets on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. in Arlington, Virginia. Connect with us anytime at trygrace.org.